Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Spirit of 76 podcast. I'm your host, James Nelson, and I'm grateful to be with you today. Now, for the next couple of episodes, I will be making a couple of offhand speeches that lay out the elements of my political thinking and my my view of the modern-day political atmosphere. Today, I'm going to discuss a topic which has been increasingly more and more prevalent among the political discussions of today. On today's show, what I would like to do is explain and correct the meaning of oppression and what it has to do with our modern-day politics. I would like to believe that all of us are united in our own venerable opposition to those who knowingly oppress and bully those who are the weakest. Throughout America's long and glorious history, we have distinguished ourselves above all others as the greatest liberators in the history of every nation. That is not to say we do not also have a bleak record of southern slavery, or that every American is free from the horrible vanities of diabolical bigotry. As a nation populated by a fallen mankind, and furthermore, as a government whose power is reserved to the people who are bound to make mistakes, we have made a lot of mistakes. During the darkest period of our republic, the Civil War, a brilliant leader, who may perhaps be the greatest statesman in all of history, gave a short yet thematically great and morally righteous speech that all of us have heard of. It is called the Gettysburg Address. In this speech, he begins with the infamous opening line, four score and seven years ago, 1776, our fathers brought forth unto this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. In only 30 words, Lincoln summarized the liberal elements of our republic the liberal founding of our republic, that is. Take notice of what he said in the introduction. Conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Do not let these words gloss over your ears, for these are some of the greatest words uttered by mortal man. And when you do that, when you really take into account what he says, you will realize that no other nation... No other country and no other government on earth has ever been founded in such a precious way as the American Republic was founded in 1776. Lincoln continues, Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any other nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. He is referencing the great civil conflict that took place on the soil of his speech. In just 18 words, he sums up the reason why the North is fighting the Civil War. Once again, really breathe in these words, testing whether that nation or any other nation can long endure. In that phrase, he sums up the whole philosophical meaning of the war. The war is about the preservation of our founding ideals, the preservation of the principles found in the Declaration of Independence the preservation to protect an individual's self-evident rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Lincoln knew that these sacred rights, that all men are created equal, that sacred truth 
had to be defended at any and all cost, even if it meant severe bloodshed, as it meant in the Civil War for four long years. Now, for those out there wondering about the Gettysburg Address and what it has to do with 21st century oppression, bear with me because I promise it will all connect in the end. To close his speech, Lincoln eloquently states that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. The closing of his speech lays out the direction of the war and what the victory will mean for the country. Just as a fallen man is baptized and born again, cleansed of his sins and blessed with a new path, in this speech Lincoln oratorically and metaphorically baptized the nation, giving it an eternal light to strive for. America was born anew because of this speech. When we analyze the infamous speech, we come away with a crucial and timely realization. The realization that although a government predicated on individual men and women may fall short such as we have throughout time and will continue to do, our founding principles are eternal and must guide our nation through darkness. For if we abandon our principles, we will lose the greatest gift man has forever striven for, yet never realized until our country realized it in 1776. The shortcomings of fallen man do not render the principles of our founding obsolete. Remember, men live but a short hour, while correct principles are the pure river that flows continuously, unmolested, for eternity. If a nation does not clutch to their principles, they will eventually have to clutch the throats of their own citizens. Today we seem all too eager to prune the rosy flowers in favor of the preposterous weed. Let me lay out for you the false but popular political beliefs, mainly but not unanimously held by the modern Democratic Party. They believe that you and I cannot depend on ourselves. That where any outcome is disproportionate only because of immutable factors such as race, gender, or ethnic background. That America, deep down, is a racist prostitute and not a beacon of hope. That if anyone opposes their diabolical plan to molest the American economy, they must be bigots. They want you and I to believe that abortion up until the point of birth and sometimes even after birth, the genocide of fully developed infants, is a fundamental human right. These clever political pandering propagandists will only become victorious if we sit in idolatrous idleness. The premier pandering politicians are no doubt the Democratic candidates for president. Let me reenact their basic pitch. It goes like this. If you are unsuccessful, it is not your fault. Please ignore the $22 trillion debt and join with me in adding another $20 trillion by passing unconstitutional laws that will bankrupt our economy at the expense of my election. If you are a minority in any sort of way, you are a victim of American racism. If you are a woman... Anyone who suggests that you are responsible for your own sexual mistakes is, 
if anyone feels like you should be accountable for your own sexual mistakes, they are a sexist pig. How dare they make you accountable for your own actions? Yes, I know we have the greatest economic system in the history of mankind and the highest level of prosperity is ever seen. But how is that fair to other countries? As we all know, there is no room on our platform for traditional morality. We prefer Marx instead of Moses. We believe in the laws of subjectivism. The law which states that if anything contradicts with your subjective view of the world, then it is a fascist lie. We are very proud of our long history of fighting for civil rights, yet we believe that someone's view of the world is valued based on uncontrollable genetic characteristics. So please vote for me because I promise that we will create a beautiful utopia no matter what the cost. Although the media will cover for these lefty lunatics, this is the actual platform that the Democrats are running on. It is based on the idea that even though we have done away with all the racist laws, an individual blanket of oppression covers the whole land in despotism. Of course this is untrue, but the new left has conspicuously slipped into a coma of ideas and are grasping for anything, even empty promises. Their platform is based on these fraudulent promises and vile intentions. It is said that the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. Let us therefore have vigilance and courage. In these dark times of domestic wickedness, vigilance and courage must be on the heart and mind of every one of us. Thank you for tuning in to the Spirit of 76 podcast. I'll see you next time. I'm your host, James Nelson.